welcome to another episode of Beyond Four Walls, where I have a very special guest who is an inspiration within the block management industry, Alice Cadfan-Lewis. With a remarkable career marked by multiple awards, Alice is not only a seasoned professional, but also the founder of Block Recruit, a thriving company in the field. Known for her innovative approaches and strategic vision, Alice has played a pivotal role in shaping the landscape of block management recruitment. As Block Recruit continues to see great success, I have the privilege of gaining insights directly from Alice herself. And in this episode, we hope to delve into the origins of Block Recruit, exploring the motivations and aspirations that led Alice to establish her own company and the impact she has had. Welcome, Alice. Thank you for being here. What an amazing introduction. I won't let you down today. (laughs) You won't. You won't. Thank you for being here. But what inspired you to enter the block management industry in the first place? If I'm honest, I I suppose I was actually born into it because my family worked in it. So I grew up with it. My stepfather had a business um, within the industry. I remember being in Africa, South Africa at the time. This was back in the days where CVs were all in paper format. They were like, do you want to come back from traveling and actually do some work? They knew I wanted to move to London when I got back from uh, Africa. So So I said yes, and I came back and my first job was to put about a thousand CVs onto a computerized system because it was in the days where they were just in a drawer paper format. So so that's how I I sort of fell into it. In terms of starting Block Recruit, what made you want to do that? Um, I'd been in the industry for a long time. I continued working with um, my parents, my mother and my stepfather um, at the time. And I'd done it for many years. I've worked my way up in the business. I'd invested money into the business. It was quite a high pressure job in terms of, and business in terms of cash flow. And this was in the early days where we were trying to build it. And I think I just felt like I needed more financial stability. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having, I was in a meeting with HM Revenue and Customers one day and them asking for hundreds of thousands of pounds. I was like, okay, I'm not sure that I want this pressure. Also, I wanted freedom, freedom of time. I just had a baby. I didn't want to be in London all the time. I'd moved out. My main home was now on the Isle of Wight. And I wanted freedom to be wherever I wanted to be and not be away from my baby at the time. And the business I was in with my parents was very much an office-based business. And also, I think when you're working with your parents... Although I knew my value that I added in that business, there is very much that you do get labelled with, oh, it's just the boss's daughter. So your credibility at the time from other people, getting recognition from other people was very hard. And I know now, actually, I can only give myself that recognition. Mm. But at the time, I wanted to sort of prove to myself and everybody else that actually I can do this as a standalone thing. And I know what I'm doing here and I can make a difference. And while you absolutely have done that, you know, you've won multiple awards. How does it feel to have that freedom now? I think from what you've just said, it seems to me like you were kind of leading the way of the hybrid working role way back then, which we all strive to achieve now in a way that, you know, you could be at home with your little one. In all honesty, I couldn't go back to working. I think everybody is different. It's about working out what's right for you. 
and then creating that for yourself and I believe anything is possible so I'm not very good at people telling me oh you can't do that or you can't achieve that I've always believed that I could achieve anything if I set my mind on something I'm going towards that goal I can see it in front of me and nothing and nobody is going to stop me getting there I mean we're totally remote now I did have some people with me that did want to be still in an office certain days so we'll have like a flexible office that they could use so it's working out what really your team wants And as much as possible as a business owner, being able to deliver on that. But I think you do need to also remember yourself because sometimes we can always think about what everybody else around us and our team wants, but are we sacrificing our own happiness? And I think sometimes when we sacrifice our own happiness, if we're not okay, actually nobody else that's working with us is going to be okay. You're absolutely right. What they say, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first. Yes. Yeah, yes. Definitely need to look after yourself. But but the same applies to your to your clients as well, I suppose. So thinking about recruitment, what challenges do you think are right there at the moment in terms of recruiting staff for not just yourself but for other companies? I would say in the industry um, at the moment, challenges for recruiting they haven't really changed. There is still far more jobs than there are uh, skilled people to fill those jobs. So with that, there is a war on talent in the industry. So anybody that is very strong in the industry, actually, even people that aren't as strong in the industry, they they do sit in a position of power. That is changing slightly, but it is still very difficult. There's not enough people in the industry. There's not enough professionals with the skill set we need. So that is a big challenge. And with that comes the pressure of higher salaries that people are pushing for and some companies out there are paying more than actually what somebody's experience is they understand that if they don't they're going to lose this person but at the other end we're having a problem with the fact that you know managing agents is they're finding it hard to make a profit so where's the money coming from for these higher salaries and then obviously the increased regulations that are going on there's an increased pressure on pms So they're now thinking, well, actually, for this amount of money and all this pressure, is it worth it? So there's pressures coming in at all angles, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of people from what I can gather leaving the industry. And I think, you know, I've I've said it before that you need to be a certain type of person to be able to work in this industry. And you need to have that that care and compassion and understanding of what your clients, so therefore like the leaseholder, wants but at the same time if you have that that trait of being quite sensitive and understanding what other people need you take on the pain that comes back at you if you, if that makes sense that that hits mm. you like a ton of bricks yeah so um what would you say makes the ideal candidate is probably different for every job every managing agent's different i suppose but is there like a key the key qualities that make a candidate stand out for you For me, it's somebody's passion and energy. Obviously, experience, you are looking at experience, you are looking at whether they've got their IRPM qualifications or their RICs. However, it's the passion and the drive that I believe or I've seen in the past that makes somebody a success. 
So you could have somebody that's got slightly less experience and not got the qualification yet, but if they've got a drive and a passion and a love for what they do, they are not going to burn out. They're not going, they're going to be a lot more resilient because this is what they want to do. This is their life. They, you know, they want to build a career in it and they're going to go above and beyond somebody where that isn't there. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you have any advice then for maybe the younger generation of property managers, not necessarily those who have just left school, maybe, but I know that the IRPM are doing apprenticeships and stuff now. But do you have any advice for maybe if you're early 20s, maybe and you think, oh, well, maybe block management is the career for me. Do you have any advice for people who are just starting out? If they're not in the industry yet, I would recommend going do some free voluntary work within a managing agent and we can put you in touch with companies that would do that so that you can experience what it is like in the job. I think sometimes we look at a career and we think, oh, that would be great. But actually, we don't know what our day-to-day tasks and what we're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis is going to be like. And I'm all about you've got to enjoy the journey, not the end result, because actually the end result never really (laughs) materializes. There's always something else. So I think, yeah, getting some work experience in a managing agent where you're doing free voluntary work and you can really see and speak to the people in the business, speak to them and and ask them what their challenges are on a daily basis, what are the things that keep them up at night and work out whether that is truly going to be for you. I think also if you're in the industry already, joining, having a support network, it's so important, having connections in the industry. And this is a very incestuous small click of an industry so really knowing the people that influence it and uh, make change in the industry will really help it will give you that motivation if you're around people that want to make change and and, and want that are doing amazing inspiring things it will keep you motivated when you're having those down days there's different networking groups out there lots of them so attending those and becoming members of those will, will all help you along the way and I'd say don't just stick to the company you're working in like spread your net wide lots of people in the industry in different companies that all can add value to you and not be so closed off sometimes we can be like oh they're a competitor I don't want anything to do with them but actually there's different networking groups out there like Doyen for for women there's also the lethal social group and they can all add value to you in different ways and you get a different perspective of things which will help you grow and widen your knowledge base yeah well tell us a little bit about Doyen Actually, we established Doyen, um, it was in 2017, so it was so long ago now. Mm. And it was myself, Emma Blaney, who was working at Barclay at the time, Barclay Homes, and Sam Massey, who owns her own managing agent. We were just saying how it was really difficult for women to have a support network in the industry, and it would be really nice to, to do that. So it was just going to be pop-up drinks, and it was for many years just pop up drinks where we just anybody could come along um, and a supportive network of women. Not we weren't excluding men um, and we celebrate men, but it was just an environment where you could feel safe and be vulnerable as a woman and have the support of other women around you. So, yeah. And now we are we are developing it. Sam did our first conference last year, um, which was great. And we've got our next one coming up in March. We are also inspired a bit by you, to be honest, Jodie. Oh, uh, bless you. <laughs> doing a podcast. It's been on my to-do list for, for some time now, but actually you setting up yours, I thought, 
you know what? It, we really do need to do it. So yes, please come on ours too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Let's talk about setbacks and failures, if you don't mind. We've all had them. You know, there's no point in shying away from that. It's it's great for, you know, both of us to sit here and be like, you know, multi-award winning. We've done this, we've done that. And it's amazing for the industry. But I think as women as well, you kind of don't want to admit that there are potential failures or, or anything like that along the way, because you've got so much to prove as a woman in a male-dominated industry. You kind of want to be this sort of shiny, perfect person. But I certainly talk about my my failures quite a lot because I've made a lot of them or made a lot of mistakes, I should say. But they're just learnings, I suppose, as long as you learn from everything. Have you faced, I suppose, any setbacks or failures along the way in your career? Like you, there's been so many <laughs> Yeah, there has. And I, I'm a great believer in that it's just feedback. You know, sometimes I think people think if you're a business owner or you somebody that they perceive that's done well in the industry, that you're um that you know everything and that you're gonna get it right all the time, but you don't. And I think actually the difference between people that make it and don't is that you just keep going and you just yeah. like keep you keep learning from okay, well that didn't work. I'm just trying to think if there's an, an example I can give you. I know actually I, I do remember there was a time when I was trying to scale up the business and I was I'd reached out to coaches um and I'd done I'd done lots of like scale up your recruitment business um courses I've done lots of different things and I remember that when I did the first one and it was great I learned so much from it but I made a mistake in the business as I made too many changes too quickly not considering that actually people in a business change is difficult for them and if you make too many all at once and I, I mean I was very fortunate I had a team that totally got on board with me and you know were you know on board of all the changes I was making but it did have a massive financial impact on the business for like a whole quarter whereas if I look back at that I should have made um, changes a lot slower and maybe done it like testing testing the changes I was making so like have one team doing the current way we do things and another team so that I still had that financial stability of I know what yeah. works rather than going but I am a bit like I'm a bit like right that's all in or all in or nothing yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work out that balance thing I'm getting better at it I mean can you share a maybe a challenging recruitment scenario that you've come across obviously don't name names or anything like that and how you addressed it to, to make it successful challenging recruitment experience this is like quite common for a lot of jobs I think when you're working a contingency model which means you do the work but you don't necessarily get paid for it unless somebody gets placed into a job successfully right. and then passes their three-month refund period Obviously, if you're not aware of how contingency works, clients maybe are not aware that every day, although they're not paying you unless you find them somebody suitable, we as a business, that's our time is money, even yeah. if you don't pay us for it. So I think across the board, our recruitment challenges are when you're working contingency, clients not being aware that when you're trying to prioritize which jobs and which clients' jobs to focus on each day, if we're prioritizing you and you're not aware that we're doing that or you haven't let us know the job's been filled or, you, you know, your circumstances have changed and you don't need to hire anymore. As a business, those hours and that money that's going out of our business does have an impact on us. I think that's one of the main recruitment challenges. When you take on a new client now, do you have like 
T's and C's and this is how it works and if you don't want us you need to tell us <laughs> that kind of yeah, thing do you ask people what their motivation to hire is but that does change for for a for a business and so we do always check in with with clients before we sort of like start our work day however if people don't come back to you you're like oh are they just busy and they haven't come back to me and I should continue working on their role or you know it's really hard to to sort of navigate you, we do as much as we can but I think just clients being aware and also setting out at the beginning, like educating them, like we're prioritising this. Please let us know if anything changes at your end. And do you think the rise of many, many social media channels or platforms or however, whatever you call them, do you think that's helped your industry? Is it a way of getting to more people, do you think? Or is it still like your bog standard? You look on the website, you look on recruitment websites, look on your website. Has it has social media changed? I think social media has been amazing for any business, especially if you're a small business where you haven't got these vast marketing marketing budgets because so, you can use it even on a free basis. I mean, obviously, your time to post and things like that. And also for recruitment, I'm very much cultural fit. I'm looking for people that are going to stay with the business long term and I want to know they're going to be the right cultural fit. So you can build rapport with candidates on social media and you can get to understand who they are and then match them to the correct business where they'd be happy and also where they'll thrive with the business. So I think social media has been great for recruitment. And I think also for any business as well, it's, it gives you many platforms to engage with with, it, with your audience. Because you post a lot of um, like wellbeing tips because obviously you believe in it quite strongly. I, I get that. But do you do that to help your candidates or do you do that for the industry as a whole? For both. I think it's about the fact that, you know, we're not um, a faceless company. We just send, send us your CV or um, give us a job and we don't care. It's, 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 I think it's the care element that comes. Yeah. I understand how it is for a business owner. I understand the pressures. I also understand from speaking to hundreds and thousands of candidates, the pressures they're under as well. So I feel like that's sort of almost my higher purpose is to to be there on a level where if somebody's not okay, I could be there to support you because I understand what you're going through. So I, I suppose that's there as as sort of like just little prompts and reminders, you know. And if it if it helps one person in our you know on our Instagram or account or on LinkedIn that day. Even if there's no reactions to it, I just think, you know, sometimes you just see something and you think you could be having a bad moment and it can just switch your brain. So for me, if I can have that impact on the community or on on the industry in any way, I think it's a positive thing. It comes from a caring place, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant. You know, I think everybody, as you say, even if you don't get the engagement with the, you know, the likes and, and all that kind of thing. I mean, I see that what you post all the time and, you know, I do like it because, you know, I want to give you a shout out. But at the same time, I just think, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. And it kind of lifts you a bit yeah. and makes you feel like someone else gets it. Yeah. Not just me thinking I'm going crazy today. But in terms of the future of Block Recruit, you don't have to give me your five year plan or anything. <laughs> but like, how do you think this year is is going to go for you, for you guys? Do you know what? At the moment, I'm going through a bit of a change in life and the fact that I'm trying to stay in the present moment all the time. So normally every year, like I'll sit down and between like the Christmas and New Year thing when everybody else is off, I, I will mm. sit down and I'll go, okay, what are we going to do with the business? Where are we going to go? And like have a plan mapped out. This year I didn't do that. And I just just thought, actually, I'm going to 
just trust the process. Yeah. I mean, I have got some some goals, and that is obviously to develop our build to rent student housing and finance divisions and the on-site staff. But this year, I'm not setting myself all these massive achievements I've got to meet by certain dates. I have like a, a like a vision of where it's going. I think I'm just taking the pressure off myself. Yeah. I have this vision in my head and that I will look at every day. And I just believe and trust that it's going to happen and it's going to happen in its own time. I'm going to be in the present moment with everything that's happening at that time and bring joy to my life. I love that. That's great. (laughs) How can anyone find you if they want to? I'm pretty much on everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be done. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, if you Google Alice Cadvan Lewis or um, the business, which is blockrecruit.co.uk, there is another business that's set up with exactly the same name last year. We're very different types of companies okay. in different sectors. We're now called Block Recruit Group, but yeah, on, on our website, you'll know if you're in the wrong place because it's not, they don't do property. How very strange <laughs> to have the same name. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll see out 2024 and it'll be a success and we'll, ca- we'll catch up again at the end of the year and <laughs> have a drink and <laughs> hope everything's gone to plan. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Thanks Debbie. so much. Take care.